0: Hello and welcome dear friends, I am Nicole Beecham, and this is the Energetic Pathway Podcast, Journey Back to Yourself. I invite you to join me each week as we explore stories, insights, and resources through the lens of vulnerability and authenticity with a little bit of humor along the way. Let's dive into today's topic together. Welcome to our third episode. So excited that you guys are here and very excited to be talking about today's topic, which is our part two of our self-love series. And we will specifically be discussing self-acceptance and self-forgiveness. So as we settle into the space together, I invite you to take a deep breath in through your nose, paying attention, making sure you fill your belly up, and then slowly exhale through your mouth. I invite you to do that one more time. So breathe in through your nose and then out through your mouth. And feel free to do a sigh as you take that breath out. So breathing, I wanted to introduce that for anyone who's not familiar with breath work and how breathing can help us, but it helps remind the body that we're here in the present moment. It brings us back to our center. It reminds us that we're safe. It gets us out of the past, and it also gets us out of the future. So when we pay attention to our breath and what's happening in our body, especially if we're doing so mindfully without judgment, and that's key. And we'll do a whole other episode on this later. But if you're doing it mindfully without judgment, you can actually calm your body down very quickly, which allows you to absorb the information um, of the podcast more. But more importantly, you can use this in your everyday life to just ground yourself into the here and the now. So as we now are a little bit more settled in, let's start talking a little bit more about self-acceptance. And I will definitely say self-acceptance and self-forgiveness were incredibly difficult to me whenever I first started this journey. It was not an easy path. There are days when it's still a hard path for me to accept myself exactly how I am. And forgive myself, especially for things that I carried forward from my childhood into my current life. And, you know, those things are very difficult to walk through and process because we came by them innocently. They were most of the time innocently passed down to us from our parents and those around us. And typically it was passed down to them from their parents. And the chain just keeps going on and on for generations. And so it's not only. To some degree, are you having to start to heal this for yourself, but you also have to learn to accept and forgive and heal others who have also had those same problems in your family lines in the past. And there's a lot of metaphysics here and things that we're not going to get into, at least not anytime soon in this podcast. But the reality is we have to learn to accept ourselves ideally, as soon as possible. And that does take time and it's very hard. And we'll talk more about that today and also forgive ourselves. And those two things, I think I personally believe that that's something that we never we never stop doing or never stop learning because, again, we're human. We are going to make mistakes. And as we make those mistakes, it is so important that we first and foremost accept ourselves and forgive ourselves And before you start wondering, what does that mean that you can just do whatever you want? No, absolutely not. That's not what that means. But we will talk more about that as well as some of the misconceptions throughout the episode. So I wanted to share this quote with you. This is from Switch Research. It's a self-love workbook. And I will link that in the show notes as well for anybody who may be interested in that. I think it's a 30 or 45-day journey. It's been a while since I've done it, so definitely don't quote me on that. But they say that self-acceptance allows you to see and love yourself for who you are. I don't know about you, but that was insanely difficult for me to lean into, to start to learn, to start to internalize, to digest. It was so hard for me because self-acceptance, it's not only about accepting our strengths, which some people struggle with that just as much as they struggle with anything else. Like Being able to acknowledge and recognize and accept what you're good at. What is a strength for you? But also, and this is the really hard one, accepting our weaknesses and flaws. But the key here is accepting them, which means not judging them, not being critical towards ourselves, not taking those same voices that have been passed down to us or that we've seen in society or that we've seen in the media and internalizing that for ourselves. It's loving, loving, loving acceptance for our strengths, our weaknesses, our flaws, exactly where we're at, at whatever present moment it is, exactly what we're feeling. We are to call to accept all of that. And again, it's a work in process, and it takes it takes a lot of time to do and to learn and to perfect. But it's it's so important because the reality is until we fully accept ourselves, nobody else is going to fully accept us. And that I hated to hear <laughs> the beginning of my healing journey. I was so sensitive to anything that made it basically so that I had to do it completely by myself. And my story is wrapped up into that. And we'll go into that a little bit today, but not as much. The The reality is, is I personally was raised in an environment where I was expected to almost be perfect It was kind of dictated upon me. And it had me walking on eggshells and trying to like go within this tightrope. And oftentimes love was given to me or affection was withdrawn from me based on my behavior. And so if you're raised in an environment like that, or you're around a society that's like that, or you're in a culture that's like that, And that can be any culture or society, honestly, or any family or just certain people in your family or even certain friends or colleagues or coworkers. anything in your life, you've probably had an experience like this at some point. We can internalize that as if we, what we do is indicative of whether or not the other person cares about us. And that, I will speak from experience, is so hard to unlearn. There are days when I'm still unlearning that. But the reality is nobody is perfect. We can strive forever for the rest of our lives if we won't in order to like reach this perfect moment to be like, well, if I had this perfect job or if I had this much money or if I had this perfect partner or spouse or if I had a kid, there was a time in my life I felt that too. Like If I just had this kid, if I just had a kid, I would be happy. I would be, I would be fulfilled. None of that is true. Those things are great. And they're, they're beautiful blessings that we're, we're fortunate to have. And yeah, like, yes, it's great to have a great job. It's great to have amazing friends and a strong, supportive community. It's great to have a great partner and kids and family. It's those things are great, but ultimately none of that is going to make you happy because that's not how it works. That happiness has to come from within ourselves. So we know that nobody's perfect, right? We can see that we don't expect our family and friends to be perfect. And if we do, if, because sometimes we do, sometimes we expect our family and friends to read our minds and to magically know exactly what to say and what to do to make us feel better. Right. And, that's just, it's so, I'm laughing because, like, I've been there. I've so been there. But then, of course, you don't want anyone to put that expectation on you, right? Because, like, it's literally impossible for you to read someone else's mind. It's it's pretty impossible for you to just know what a person needs and to give it to them and, like, read their stone-cold face as, like, you just magically have everything in your head and you know everything that went wrong and how you can fix it. And, like, that's just not reality, Right. So we know no one's perfect, yet we can often view others that are close to us, for example, as lovable, as worthy. And this is in spite of all of their imperfections. And I'll use my kid as an example. Like I adore, I absolutely adore my daughter. Like she is the light of the world to me. Love her. And she's not perfect and she will never be perfect. And I don't expect her to be. And so if she like, for example, this is, you know, just a random example. If she were to, you know, drop a plate and break it. Okay. She did something that wasn't perfect. It was an accident. It's not like she just took this plate and threw it across the room, but that's the key. Even if she did, even if she took the plate, threw it across the room, it hit the wall and it shattered. I still view her as lovable and worthy of love. But I would probably bet that if you yourself, or if I myself previously, before I've gone through a ton of healing, would take a plate and throw it against the wall, you would be harder on yourself than anyone around you would be on you. And again, part of that is learned. That's learned behavior. So I encourage you to stop and think about a recent mistake that someone you love made. It could be anything. They could have said something. That hurt you or they could have uh, had a had a wreck had a car accident and they weren't paying attention and they were on their phone and they were distracted they made a mistake they had a car accident it could literally be anything whatever it is you can just think of one mistake that someone you care about someone you love has recently made and then I'm going to ask you do you still love them do you think they're still worthy of love And I would assume your answer is yes, right? Like, of course, of course you still love them. Of course they're still worthy of love. So here's the thing, we sometimes forget, and when I say forget, I mean for decades, maybe for many, 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 many decades. We forget that it is okay for us not to be perfect, that it is okay for us to make mistakes, and even if we do, we are still lovable. We are still worthy of love. We are still enough. So you are enough. No mistake or flaw changes that you are worthy of love. And where you are right now in this very moment, wherever you are, in whatever stage of your life you're in, whether you're in the beginning of your healing journey, whether you've been on a healing journey and you feel like you're back at... Stage one, whether you've been healing for 30 years, it doesn't even matter. Wherever you are right now is okay. You could be having a bad day. You could be wanting to scream. You could be wanting to cry. You could be wanting to go curl up in your bed. You could be having the best day of your life. And the reality is it's okay. Wherever you are is okay. Just like if a friend of mine, when we go out to have dinner, if they're having a hard time, that's okay. Okay that's okay. It's, it's okay. So when it comes to self-acceptance, we have to remember we're worthy of love. And that can take a little while to learn, to believe. There was a while where I, I knew this intellectually in my head because i had heard it enough in my healing journey with all of my coaches and teachers and my therapists and podcasts that I would listen to and books that I would read and all this stuff. Like, it's like, yes, 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 I know, I know. I'm enough. I hear that. I'm worthy of love. I hear that. It's okay to be where I am. I hear that. But it takes time for your body and for your nervous system to catch up. So there's a lag. There's a lag time between what we know intellectually and what our body feels. And that's because our body has been through so much. We all have some sort of trauma. All of us. And I'm not even going to go into little T trauma versus big T trauma. It doesn't matter. We all have some sort of trauma. And some people's trauma is worse than others. And some people have a longer healing journey and process and pattern than others because of what they've gone through. It doesn't, all of that doesn't matter because where you are right now is okay. It's 100% okay. It truly is. And the cool thing is, is you don't have to believe that yet. You can learn that over time. You can start to slowly digest it. You can start to slowly, and one of my teachers taught me this, 1%. Can I just believe 1%? Can I imagine a scenario, any scenario? Like, could it be possible that I am enough? Is there a scenario where it's possible that I'm enough? Is it possible? Is there a scenario where I'm worthy of love? And the answer is yes. Yes. Like, yes, there is a scenario. You may not feel it right now and that's okay, but it exists. It's possible and you can get there. And yes, it will take a lot of hard work, but that hard work is worth it because you are worth it. You are worth it. Okay. So that's self-acceptance and the topic that ties closely into self-acceptance is self-forgiveness. And the reality is, is those two have to play hand in hand, which is kind of why they're in this episode together. So many people find it much, much, much harder to forgive themselves than to forgive other people. That's the reality. I will speak for myself um, and pretty soon Brock and I will do an episode together where we share our own journeys with one another so that you all can hear it to self-acceptance, to um, self-forgiveness, self-love, everything we've been talking about in the self-compassion as well from the last episode. We'll share those things. But just to give you a little glimpse of where I was, just so maybe it can help with understanding and and grasping and and clarity of having some example that you can look to, because I found that incredibly helpful. There was a time in my healing journey where I, I was searching desperately for examples of what life could be like, and there's a lot there, there's way more to the story, but the self-forgiveness is part of it. I started asking my brain to look for people who are good at forgiving themselves. I started watching them. I started to look at how they forgave themselves. I started to look at how they would accept responsibility, which we're going to talk more about, how they would sincerely listen and understand what was happening, and then they would accept forgiveness from another person, which I, I think some of us probably can struggle with is accepting forgiveness. When someone else forgives us, we still beat ourselves up, right? But then they also were able to repair that dynamic and and move forward. And I, I've seen over and over and over again now, personally, in my own life, in my own relationships, when that happens, the relationship is more intimate. Yes, it sounds crazy, but it's true. <laughs> It is so true and it was so hard for me to believe at first that when people mess up and they come together and one person forgives the other and the other person forgives themselves, the relationship is far more intimate than before the mistake. It's just, I, I'm sure there's science behind it. I don't know, but that's just how it works. This is the chemistry of the way things work. So what I hear, what I want to say to you is You deserve love, patience, and understanding just like everyone else. And if you've come from a background of trauma, you can get in a position, which is where I was, where I would let everyone else be forgiven for anything. Like they could do things that were horrific and I would forgive them. They could do things that were like really small and I would forgive them. And I would forgive people all the time. One act of forgiveness after another, after another, after another. But I wasn't forgiving myself in that same way. And so when I would make a mistake, I would be hard on myself. I would expect perfection. Again, pattern passed down to me innocently and from my childhood and then resembled later in my marriage. So I would expect this level of perfection that is absolutely humanly impossible on myself. And then when I messed up, I would be hard on myself. And then when other people messed up, I would forgive them rather quickly and easily. So that is simply a lens for us to look at what we were talking about a minute ago, which is self-acceptance and our worth, our value as a human. If you are not being loving and patient and understanding towards yourself, then that's where you have to go back to believing, learning to believe. Again, it takes time. You are enough. No mistakes or flaws change that you're worthy of love. And right now, in this moment, where you are and what you feel is okay. It's accepted. It is accepted. It's not only just like, yeah, that's okay. No, it's accepted. It's embraced. And over time, throughout the podcast series, you'll learn more and more how to embrace those parts of you and integrate those parts of you. But again, that's. Far outside the scope of today. So what we've come to now is in self-forgiveness, I think we need to talk a little bit about the misconceptions. And the most important thing is self-forgiveness is not condoning your behavior. And what I mean by that is, yes, you have to accept what happened. You have to take responsibility. You have to feel remorse, but, and this is the hard part, not go to shame. And we're going to have an entire series on shame because it's a very, very, very big one. And Brock and I both have a good bit to say on that. And then you have to take action to make it right and learn from your experience. That's what you have to do. So it's not about expecting perfection from that point forward. It's not about, oh, well, I've done this before. Like, how dare I do that again? I cannot believe I did that again. Am I ever going to learn? Am I ever going to be worthy of love? Am I going to continue to destroy my friendships and relationships, that's, that's going to shame. That's going to a level of self-deprecation, beating yourself up, hurting yourself and harming yourself. And the reality is, is you have to forgive yourself for doing that because you learned that and now you're, you've taken that in and now you're doing it to yourself. And that's not loving. That's not kind. That's not self-compassionate. That's not helpful. That is not the path forward. And when you mess up, guess what? You get to accept that you messed up, forgive yourself for messing up and try again. It's an ebb and flow. It's like the waves, the waves of the ocean. The waves are going to go up. They're going to crash down. We are going to mess up and we're able to have that crash down, be a gentle and smoother by accepting, by taking responsibility, by having remorse, by taking action and by learning from the experiences and being patient with ourselves as it takes time to learn from that experience and we mess up again because it's gonna happen. So remember, changes often do not happen overnight. We we are in a society where if we are craving something, we can pick up our phone or our laptops and we can order it and have it literally delivered to us that night, the next day. So we're expecting our wants and desires and needs to be met quickly. And that is not how this process works. Changes often do not happen overnight. So may you practice, may you step into practicing, being loving to yourself, being patient with yourself and being understanding towards yourself. And remember that you're still learning. And that's something that I heard over and over and over again and that I had to keep going back to. I'm learning. We're still learning you're still learning how to accept yourself. You're still learning how to forgive yourself. You were not taught these things. We are not taught these things. We don't go to school and they teach us how to make sure we take care of ourselves and how to make sure we forgive ourselves. Like we're taught how to take care of others and how to forgive others or how to burn ourselves out a lot of times. And hopefully that's going to change in society. But we have to learn and learning takes time. So again, compassion, patience, understanding. It takes time. It takes so much time, but it's worth it because you're worth it. So now I want to talk a little bit about my path to self-acceptance and self-forgiveness. And I'm not going to go too far in detail because I really want to save most of that conversation for when Brock and I are together, um, hopefully in the next episode, sharing about this. But my triggers, especially for self-acceptance, was rejection and abandonment which was just a thing that was present in my life from a very young age that kept repeating itself over and over and over again. And then also feeling like I needed to earn love from others. So when it came to self-acceptance, I had to start learning not to reject myself, not to abandon myself, to start asking for what I needed, which was a very difficult process for me because I was in an environment where I really wasn't allowed to have needs. Like my job and role and expectation that was placed upon me was to meet the needs of everyone else around me and make their lives as easy as possible. And so I internalized that I am not allowed to have needs. And it is a work in progress to learn like, yes, I can have needs and I can ask for my needs to be met. And that's okay. And that's good. And that's right. And that's how it's supposed to be. And of course, it's okay if the other person can't meet my needs, whatever it is. And that's fine. But what I can't do is reject myself or abandon myself anymore. That I had to forgive myself for. I had to forgive myself for taking that rejection, for taking that abandonment, integrating it into my body, integrating it into my life innocently, innocently. So there's no shame here. There's no guilt here. Innocently integrated into my life because that's all I knew. And now it's learning a different way. Now it's learning. I'm not going to reject myself. I'm not going to abandon myself. I'm going to show up for myself and I'm going to be here for myself. And what that looks like really depends on the day. Sometimes it looks like me saying, hey, I can't go to dinner tonight. I know I agreed to go to dinner, but I'm really, 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 really tired. And I just want to lay down today. What did that look like? I had a long day and a friend asked to borrow um, a camera lens and I was so tempted to be like, yes, you can borrow it and I'll bring it to you just to make their life easier because that's where my heart goes is to make the life easier for everyone else. But I checked in with my body and I was like, I'm exhausted. You can totally borrow this camera lens, but I'm going to be home the rest of the evening and here's my schedule tomorrow. Is there anything convenient that we can work out? And of course, he 100% came to my house and picked up the camera lens. But it took a long time and a lot of work for me to get to the point where I didn't drop everything that I needed and sacrifice to make sure the needs of others were met. So that's something I've definitely had to learn to, to turn around and to accept what I have innocently done to myself and those scripts that I continued to play out from how I was raised and say, no, I'm not doing that anymore. And I'm going to choose me. I'm going to choose to love me. And I'm going to choose to honor me. I'm going to choose not to reject me. And I'm going to choose not to abandon myself. And sometimes I fall into the old habits. Sometimes I abandon myself. Sometimes I get to the point where I'm focusing more, way more on the needs of others than me. And I have to come back to center. I have to come back to myself, to my truth, to my grounding. And nowadays when that happens, I can feel it in my body, head to toe. I can tell immediately what I've done. That I've abandoned myself or rejected myself or haven't given myself enough rest. And then I accept it with patience, kindness, and understanding. And what that realistically looks like for me in a very practical way is saying, Hey, okay, I see I'm back in this pattern where I'm putting everybody else's needs before mine. And now I'm exhausted and burnout." And I don't feel like I can do the things that I actually need to do because I'm so tired because I've been rejecting myself. I understand that it's easy for me to get back in that habit. Thank you, body, for letting me know that I was doing that again. And now I'm going to choose to stop abandoning myself, to stop rejecting myself. And I was like, the first thing I can do to stop abandoning myself and rejecting myself is to make sure on Friday I block out two hours so I can go on a hike, just to slowly stroll through the woods and look at the trees, put my feet on the ground and breathe. Breathe, give myself permission to be and block out and carve out that time. So there's, there's no guilt, there's no shame, there's no beating myself up. There's recognizing where I'm at, saying, that's an old pattern. Of course I fell back into it. I'm still learning. We're all still learning. Of course I fell back into it. Hmm, what can I do to rectify it? I'm going to make time for myself. So the other thing that's been kind of hard on me and something that's taken a while, and again, some days this is still hard for me, is realizing I don't need to earn the love of others. And that was a deeply embedded script that was passed down for many generations on both sides of my family down to me. And it's not true. It's, it's simply not true. If you're listening to this, you're worthy and deserving of love, period, period. You are no less worthy or deserving of love than any other human on this planet, period. You do not have to earn love from others. It's there. It's given to you freely and you get it from within yourself as well. So it's not like you just get it from within yourself and you don't need it from others. That's not how it works. But getting it from yourself often comes first. Or having one person that you can look at in your life is like, man, this person really loves me, really loves me well. I want to start loving myself like that. So we can look to the outside for ideas and for inspiration. But we have to be careful expecting everything outside to meet all of our needs because that's not... That's not possible. We have to meet our needs. And again, I know that's hard. That's a long journey. It's not always possible. Sometimes we need our friends. Of course we do. Sometimes we need our community. Of course we do. And that is good. And that is right. That is right. But the ultimate goal is to be able to be there for yourself, to love yourself, to be compassionate towards yourself, to see yourself, to respect yourself. And that's the journey we're on. That's the journey we're on together. That's the journey we're all on. The other thing on my path has been around self-forgiveness. And so I've had to forgive myself from those same unrealistic expectations that were passed down to me that I have often, very often placed on myself. And that has everything from my career to my my home to raising my child There is a underlying, often now suppressed, thankfully, need to be able to be perfect at it and expecting myself to do more, expecting myself to be able to handle everything like perfect poise and perfect grace. Whenever someone does something that hurts me to not get upset, to not get mad, that's just unrealistic. Like we're humans. We have feelings, we have emotions, and we're allowed to, and we're supposed to. And suppressing them holds it trapped in our bodies And ultimately makes us sick, like physically sick. A lot of diseases that can be helped by releasing those trapped emotions inside of us. There's a lot of science behind that, but that is not my purview. So we're not going to go into that. And then also forgiving myself, which we talked about a little bit earlier as well, for sacrificing myself for others to be able to say, hey, I've made everyone else in the world more important than me. Yeah that's not fun. That doesn't feel good. Surely, surely I'm important as well. And may I stop sacrificing myself to meet the needs of others in the attempt and desire to get love, because that's not how it works. And that just is a repeating cycle that is never going to work out. So those are some of the ways that I've struggled on my path to self-acceptance and self-forgiveness. And we'll talk more about those in upcoming episodes as Brock and I share about our journeys. So how do you get started? If you're relatively new to self-acceptance and self-forgiveness, there are some things that you can do to get started on your journey towards more self-love. So the first thing you want to do is make a list of what you do accept about yourself. And I found that anytime we're doing this type of work, you want to do both. You want to make a list of the, the, the positive things, the things that you are good at, the things that you are loving, as well as the things you still need to work on. So you don't want to load it one way or the other. You want to do both. So the second thing you're going to do is make a list of what you don't fully accept about yourself. And that can be a hard one, but it's very important. And if you're anything like me or like some of my close friends, your list of what you do accept will typically be shorter than the list of what you don't accept. And if that's the case, I highly encourage you just to stop and think more about yourself and about the things about yourself you truly do accept. Try to make that list longer because it takes a little bit of expansion of our consciousness and awareness because it's very easy for us to think about things we don't fully accept. So if we can broaden our view, broaden our scope, we can typically find those things that we do accept about ourselves, that we do like about ourselves. And let's make sure that that list is equally as long as what you don't accept about yourself. Then I want you to reflect on your answers as a compassionate observer. And I want to explain kind of what that looks like. So anytime that you need to, anytime you're struggling with this, imagine that someone you care about deeply or that you love very deeply. It could be a close friend, it could be a sibling, it could be your parents, your spouse, your partner, kid, whoever, whoever is close to you. Imagine that they showed you that list of what they don't fully accept about themselves. Reflect on that with compassion toward yourself, love, patience, understanding. And that may be like, wow, you don't fully accept the fact that you're sensitive and emotional. Mm, That must be really hard. I personally love the fact that you're sensitive and emotional because it's really important that we live out that emotion that we express that reminds us that we're human that reminds us why we're here and that we are here to love to express to emote so you see that's what I would say to a friend and I just imagine that I'm saying it to a friend and I start internalizing it for myself patience Patience is very important in this process because some days it's going to be hard and some days you're not going to be in the mood to do it. And then you just don't, you do it another day and you accept that you weren't in the place to do it that day. And it's okay. No judgment, no shame, no criticism. I see you criticism. I see you judgment, but thank you for what you did to help keep me alive, to help keep me safe. But we're choosing a new way now. And then divert your thoughts to love, to compassion, to kindness, to how you would respond to a friend. That's how you reflect on these answers as an observer, as a compassionate observer, without getting pulled into those deep, 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 deep emotions and back into those trauma scripts. And then also, I would encourage you to start using quotes or mantras or whatever word you want to put in here So they're just reminders to yourself and you can write them on sticky notes and put them in your car, on your mirrors, in your bathroom, in your bedroom, by your nightstand, on your phone, whatever you want to do. Or you can just have them in your head, but start getting into the habit of daily repeating those mantras. So they may be things like, I am safe. I am enough. I am worthy of love. I can make mistakes and still be worthy of love, patience, and understanding. Whatever you need your mantras to be, start using them, practicing them, saying them all the time. And the cool thing about these is, again, you're going to say them first, and then eventually your brain will catch up and start to believe it, but then it'll finally sink into your body. And that's where the real change comes, whenever your mind and your body are on the same page. But it takes time. So again, don't expect overnight change because that won't happen. So that wraps up our episode. Thank you for bearing with me. I know this is a hard topic to digest and internalize. It can bring up a lot of emotions and a lot of feelings and things like that. But that's our conclusion of the episode of self-acceptance and self-forgiveness. Make sure you check out the show notes. I'm going to put links of tools and resources that may help you with your journey towards self-acceptance and self-forgiveness on our journey to self-love. And again, remember to be patient, patience with yourself. I'll put some patience resources in there as well. So thank you so much for listening and joining me today. And for all of your support, it means so much to us. And please don't forget to subscribe in the Energetic Pathway podcast on Apple Podcasts, the Google podcast from the Play Store, as well as Spotify. And we will see you next time as Brock and I share more about our own personal journeys towards self-love. Until then.